Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. episode of the sports beat with richard holdridge just a reminder that you are listening to us on wqee 99.1 fm the key and we are brought to you by ivy park sports bar and grill and go jump and slide inflatables and on the show today i got the voice of the columbus lions jared dillard this is the first time he's actually on the sports beat he normally does a podcast with me called the lions den you could check it out it's on spotify it's a a weekly podcast. We try to just get a rundown of, of the scores from the weekend. Jared, what's going on? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, after schools ended over at Auburn high and then turn around at the lions game, just really, I'm just resting. I literally, the other night I slept for 14 straight hours. So wow, it, it really tells how much wear and tear you got on the body when you when you pull something off like that. Uh, before we get into like what you do, Jared, uh, just tell me how did you get involved in being the play by play announcer for the Columbus Lions? Okay, so the story is at Auburn University. I was at Auburn getting my master's degree in communications. And I was the sports director over at WEGL Radio. Uh, so WEGL Radio is the home of Auburn University soccer, uh, volleyball, and they do some Auburn hockey as well. Used to be Auburn softball. But we work with the Auburn Network over there. And, you know, working with, you know, Brad Law and Britt Bowen and Andy Burcham, we, we were a, a hub for play-by-play and commentary and sports radio over for the university. So we, we did play play over there. I've done public play for softball. I've done public play for volleyball, uh, soccer. I've done even a USA handball game against France. That was weird, but new and different. Um, so one day uh, I get an email from Rick Smith, a teacher at the university. And he said, Hey, the Columbus lions are looking for somebody to do play by play. And I got the email and I was like, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm more in an advisory role as sports director. I don't really get to do much play-by-play, so I'm going to take a crack at it. So uh, I met Coach Gibson at Auburn University, had the interview. Uh, We hit it off there. And then I started doing play-by-play for the Columbus Lions starting in 2019. Uh, Did that season. 2020 was canceled. And, you know, fast forward to 2022, I'm still doing it. That is a great story, and you do a great job, and I'm just honored to be the color guy for the Columbus Lions. Uh, but as you look at your broadcasting career, I mean, that's something you've always wanted to do is is call sports? Yeah, I've always wanted to be in or around sports, whether that was doing a, a talk show on radio or TV or doing play-by-play. I just always wanted to be around sports in some capacity. 
That's why I went to be sports director at WGL Radio. That's why uh, I, I still kind of have a side gig with the SEC Network uh, at Auburn University doing expression graphics. Uh, side note, if you don't know what expression graphics is, expression graphics is pretty much the score bug or the graphics you see on your TV screen. So there may have been a chance if you're sitting down watching Auburn basketball and you see the score bug sliding stats in and out and popping things all in around, in this past two years, there was a good chance that was me doing that uh, on network. So, oh, nice. so it, it's a great little side hustle, side gig. You get to learn a lot, rub shoulders with people from ESPN, um, and it looks good on the resume. All right. So you came from Smith Station. You're a Smith mm-hmm. Station Panther, proud and true. Uh, you had rivalries with Central. Uh, you now work for Auburn High School. Uh, is that like a conflict? Or are you like, uh, <laughs> if, if Auburn plays Smith Station, who are you rooting for? Well, that's a good question because it's a very open secret to my students and to like admin over there that I'm from Smith Station. And every time we play Smith Station, uh, they always ask, who you're rooting for? And I always say, well, I know who signs my paychecks. So that's usually the response <laughs> I give. Um, it, it, it It's going to be Auburn. Uh, I graduated from Smith Station in 2013, um, and then I've been at the university up until 2020, and then Auburn High from 2021 on. So while it's been a short stint at Auburn High, I've been in the community for a good bit now. And uh, a lot of the connections I had at Smith Station when I was there aren't really there anymore. So, you know, when we play Smith Station, it's like, oh, yeah, that's my alma mater. Go beat them by 40. I don't really care at the end of the day. Well, I know the atmosphere at Smith Station is great. I happen to be, of course, I'm the play-by-play announcer for Russell County High Football. I was at the game in attendance when Russell County played Smith Station last year. I don't know if you knew this, Jared, but uh, Russell County's not supposed to beat Smith Station. They beat them last year 29-22. to Were you shocked? Yes, because that is a rivalry that, like, so in the last two years working at Auburn High School, and doing the TV production for the high school, I've gotten to know a little bit more about these rivalries and kind of studying them and understanding why in the world does Auburn hate Opelika when, you know, as, as a Central grad, uh, not Central, as a Smithsonian grad, like, I hate Central. I understand why I hate Central. I never understood why Auburn hates Opelika or why Auburn doesn't really care about Smithsonian all that much. Um, so just understanding the intricacies of these different rivalries, very fascinating. And the one thing about Smith Station is that they had, they really had two rivals. They had Central, which is their neighbor. That's understandable. And then it's not Opelika. It's not Auburn. I mean, yeah, they play them all the time, but really it's Russell County. It's the other team that Smith Station just, is just rivals with. And I never really understood it until these past two years when they started playing each other. And now I kind of understand more about why these two kind of teams just didn't like each other. And for Smith Station, yeah, no, they're not supposed to lose to Russell County. That was a big shock when I saw that they lost to Russell County. All right, so you graduated from Smith Station in 2013. In 2015, Smith Station captures its first ever 7A baseball championship. Uh, were you around Smith Station for that? And did you go to any of the games during their championship run? I did not go to any of the games. 
Um, but there were a couple of guys there on that team that I played football with or knew after they won that, that big championship. And that, and that was big for the city. Um, Smith is not really known for athletics. Uh, the, the, the two, I'll say three athletics teams they're known for now. I know they're known for wrestling. They have a really good wrestling program over there at Smith Station. They're known for basketball. And I would say now they're known for flag football. Flag football came onto the scene this past year. Smith Station found themselves in the championship game, but unfortunately came up a little bit short. Uh, those are the three programs I, I would say they're known for right now. Oh, I do remember that championship game. The girls' flag football team was playing at Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama for the flag football state championship. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, um, it, it, it was definitely an interesting experience, mostly because, like, over at Auburn, Auburn's trying to get their program going, and we're supposed to help broadcast the games. And we wanted to do that because we understand it's a new thing. Not many people know about it, so we want to broadcast it out there for the community, for the fans, for you know, grandma and grandpa that aren't that aren't able to go to the games right now because whether it's COVID or because it's kind of cold outside or hot outside or they don't want to be walking the steps, whatever reason, we wanted to get the game into the homes for them. So that first game, when we're kind of sitting there and it's five minutes for the game. And then we look around at each other in the control room. And then somebody just asks, hey, what are the rules for this, by the way? And we all look at each other like, you know what? We kind of forgot to think about the rules for a second. Which got even more crazy a couple weeks later when Auburn Opelika, once again, big rivalry, played each other to a 7-7 tie. And then they go into overtime. And then it was funny that both teams looked back up into the booth at us run the broadcast and then one of the guys came over and said hey do you know the rules for overtime and i was like no why why would i know the rules for overtime i'm not a, <laughs> i'm not an official i just do the tv broadcast we're just following your lead my hunch was correct it's just a default nfhs overtime rules for regular football so they went into pretty much regular high school football overtime rules Opelika ended up winning 14-7 to over Auburn. But it, it was a fun experience, and I would say that we're really, really excited to do flag football again because definitely at the high school level, we just at Auburn High School, we're seeing it grow just in the last six months. Of course, uh, Auburn did very well in the state championship at losing to Central, though, unfortunately. I know that, I know that had to have been tough <laughs> at seeing Auburn lose to Central in the state playoffs. Smith Station did finish 2-8. and eight. Uh, There were some games that could have went Smith Station's way. I think they could have went 4-6, and six, but I was impressed. Like, in week two, after losing to Russell County, they went and played Columbus over across the border, and they beat them 50 to nothing. I actually thought that Smith Station was actually a pretty good football team after beating Columbus 50 to nothing. Yeah, so after that game, and then up until like they, they played Auburn, which I went to that Auburn's position game. Uh, we didn't broadcast it, but I knew that CTV Beam was there, and a couple of my students wanted to go to take photos. So it's 10 minutes from my house. I'm, I'm going to go anyway. Um, but when I went to that game, I realized for Smith Station, they went 2-8. and eight. It wasn't for the lack of offense, per se. I mean, yeah, they definitely had their game where they lost, for example, the following week, 56 nothing to Central. Yeah, but I remember that. Their, their, their 
offense knew how to score. It's just they never knew how to score enough points. They lost 33 to 30 against Ben Russell, 22 13 against Jeff Davis, 49 to 35 against Enterprise. And Enterprise team, they got the second round in seven, eight state playoffs. They lost 31 25 to Stanhope Elmore. They, they just didn't know how to put enough points on the board to win. Uh, you take away a touchdown here or there, and we're talking about a, a five and five, maybe even a six and four Smith Station team. And of course, let's talk about Smith Station basketball. Do you follow Smith Station basketball? I only follow Smith Station basketball a little bit, only because they play in the same region as Auburn. Um, and on top of that, Coach Stephen Davis still remembers me because at the Smith Station game, he was like man in the gates and he walked past and he stopped me and said, Hey, you went to Smith Station, right? And he remembered that my senior year, I designed a t-shirt for the basketball team uh, when I was a senior in high school. So he still remembers me. So I love him for that. But other than that, I do know Smith Station is very good at basketball um, and that Auburn has some very choice uh, opinions about Smith Station basketball. Well, they had a very impressive season, 21-9. and nine. They mm-hmm. were 4-1 and one in region. However, they did lose to Enterprise in the first round of the AHSAA 7A state playoffs. But I just remember uh, Russell County uh, beat them, and that was like a big deal. Uh, Russell County also beat Central. I, I was actually the public address announcer for Russell County's basketball team. They started off really hot, and when they beat Smith Station, I'm like, well, the, Smith Station was 9-1 and one going into that game. I was like, oh, man, they are a really good basketball team. And yeah. so it, I, I think that Smith Station, you know, I think that they'll continue to improve in football. I know that, you know, 2-8, and eight, I mean, you could only go up from, from a 2-8 and eight season, and hopefully Smith Station will bounce back and have a good season. Yeah, hopefully they do. I know they're doing, uh, they're doing realignment this year. Uh, so a couple of new teams have jumped over into 7A. Uh, the new teams that Smith Station will see in football are going to be Lee Montgomery. Uh, they're going to see Opelika. Opelika. And I th- I think that's it. They moved a team out and two teams in. I'm trying to remember if Prattville was in there last year or not. Um, but they're going to see a couple of new teams, Opelika being the biggest one. Opelika was always that. When they moved a couple of years ago, when they created 7A, and moved Auburn and Central's position up, Opelika kind of got left behind in 6A, saying, wait, 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 what about us? So this year, Opelika is moving up to 7A. It's going to be very interesting to see how Opelika deals with the 7A schedule because, I mean, there, there's not that there's a massive difference between 6A and 7A, but I will say this. Uh, I did play-by-play for Hanley High School football in 4A a couple years ago, and while 6A to 7A may not be a massive jump, you go on to 4A football, 4A football is so much different. They don't pass the ball a lot. They run the ball. There's no kicking game. There may have been one game where the kicker was able to hit a 30-yarder. So they you go for two all the time. Now it's 4A. Now, can Opelika bring a 6A roster up to 7A and compete? Well, we'll see early in the year because Opelika definitely has a tough schedule when they have to take on uh, Callaway, Georgia to open up, and then Jeff Davis, and then they have home games against Liam Montgomery and then Central Phoenix City, who went to the state championship game last year and lost to Thompson. So it will not be easy, but it will be a lot of fun in 7A football. Well, Jared, it sounds like you have a lot of knowledge of high school football. Definitely would love to get you 
back on the podcast when we get closer to high school football season because it's going to be fun. I mean, I'm going to be dedicated to covering all high school footballs. Actually, I'm going to be dedicated to covering all the high school football action. Uh, but I have a question for you. This is very subjective. Does Thompson win their fourth straight state title? I'll say it like this. The road to the championship goes to goes through two areas. It goes through Thompson and it goes through Central. And I know if 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 admin for Auburn High is listening to this, please don't fire me. But it, it, it's true. The the top two teams in seven A on our side of the bracket, was it our side, Auburn side, is Central and Auburn. The last two years, it's been Central and Auburn. In baseball, it's been Central and Auburn. That that top side, the north side of the bracket, always goes through Central High School or Auburn High School. The question becomes, on that south side bracket, where Thompson is at, who's going to step up and take out Thompson? Will it be Hoover? Will it be the Bob Jones of the world? We you would trust Phil. We, we don't necessarily know. We just know that it's Thompson, and then there's kind of everybody else i actually think hewitt trustville is is a team that could take on thompson of course central does play hewitt trustville to start their season auburn has to take on hoover hoover at one time was was ranked second right behind thompson so uh good luck i hope hopefully auburn can get the win uh but this is the year that central plays img academy so last year auburn played img academy and they almost pulled one of the biggest upsets in high school football history uh, tell me about that game against IMG Academy, and what did you remember about Auburn's effort almost pulling off the upset? So I'll tell you, the the week before that game, I remember it, it was kind of like deafening. Like we come in on Monday, we know what's on Friday. And I'm talking from experience, I have a couple of football players in class. Um, I'm very close to the coaching staff talk to them on the regular, run social media for them, stuff like that. So the week of the IMG game, everybody's kind of sitting there. They know what's going to happen on Friday. And everybody's thought process was, well, if we just put up a respectable game, it's going to be, it'll, it'll be fine. I remember on Friday, it, we, we get closer and closer to Friday. And on Friday, it rolls around. And everybody's like, oh, guys, it's, it's the big game. Football players, I mean, their minds in it. They, it's a, it's a big game. We're gonna show them up. Everybody else around the school was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's IMG." So you know what I did in my classes. Now this also showed my age to my students. Um, I pulled up a clip from the Little Giants. Do you know where I'm going with this? Oh yes, a great movie. So I put up a clip from the Little Giants, and it's when it's sitting in the locker room, and they're talking about, uh, you know. We can't beat this team. And the coach talks about, hey, look, yeah, you're right. They're better than us. You know what? And they may beat us 99 times out of 100. But you know what that leaves? That one time. And I played that all my classes. And they're like, first of all, where does this movie come from? But it's so old. They didn't remember it. But I think it spoke to a lot of the people there is that, like, hey, look, we, I, we know what IMG Academy is. We know what they're capable of. But even they beat you. 99 times out of 100, that leaves that one time. And I think that definitely sprung to life early in the ball game when Auburn, I think on the second or third play of the game, got a almost strip sack but turned into interception 
in the early part of the game, and the crowd just absolutely erupts. So like our control room, our control room now is inside the is inside the high school. But before we had to like bring all of our stuff out to the venue at Duck Sanford Stadium where Auburn plays. So we're in this small little booth inside the press box, and the crowd just erupts so loud that I have to throw my headset off because of how loud they were. And that's when I knew Auburn had a chance. And Auburn was in that game up until about seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter when IMG finally put the dagger in the coffin on Auburn. And I remember after the game, uh, I went over to the athletic director and I said, hey, you know, interesting game. Can't wait to see them next year. And he kind of laughed. As you know, we did not schedule IMG for this year. Uh, But Central plays them this year. I think it'll be a good game, honestly. I think Central will give them a run for their money. Um, IMG is a great team. I do find it interesting that Central has them. So you look at Central's schedule. They put Opelika on the road, Jeff Davis on the road, IMG at home, and then Dothan and Lee Montgomery on the road. Four out of their five games in that span are on the road, and IMG smack dab in the middle of that. So I wonder what kind of – I wonder how it's going to play into the mentality aspect of coming home and playing IMG. Oh, and Course Central made it to the state championship last year against Thompson. They're getting their coach back, Patrick Nix. I actually thought that Coach Nix for Central was going to follow his son to Oregon. Of course, his son was the quarterback at Auburn who entered the transfer portal, and he's now going to be the quarterback at Oregon. And I know Caleb Nix, his younger brother, is now a walk-on at Clemson. Uh, Central also had Justin Ross, who well, actually he was the wide receiver at Clemson. Jared, I know you don't like Central. I mean, that's a, that, that's a given. You hate Central. I, I, I get it. But could you at least – I mean, are you impressed with Justin Ross and what the impact he's making at training camp or at OTAs for the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, no, I'm definitely impressed with Justin Ross. Look, at the end of the day, he dropped the colors, the black and silver and, and, and the, the red and white. At the end of the day, look, he's just a ball player trying to go out there and do what he loves, right? Um, I hope I hope that he can stay injury-free. I know that one of the things that kind of scared off a lot of scouts was his, uh, I believe, his neck issue. Um so all the best that he stays injury free, and he goes up there and he tears it up. That's that's really all I want at the end of the day, um, because if he's become a breakout star, that's good for the Chattahoochee Valley. It's not good for Central, not good for Station. That's good for the community, and that and that's more of what we need around here in the Chattahoochee Valley area. Oh yeah, if he becomes a star wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs, and his Kansas City Chiefs jersey is enshrined in the Chattahoochee Valley Sports Hall of Fame. I'm doing a sports documentary on him. I'm definitely going to be doing it. Uh, Jared, it's been so great just having you as a guest here on uh, my my uh, um, regular podcast. I know you're familiar with myself on the Columbus Lions podcast. It's a different audience, but I wanted to give like my other audience who they may not listen to the Lions podcast regularly. I wanted them just to get an insight on what you are as a broadcaster and, and how you came up. And, and I, I think of you as not just the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions that has all this knowledge about the Lions for the past couple of years, but also you are really big into high school sports, especially working in the broadcast department at Auburn. And I think the most important thing about you, Jared, is that you're giving back to the community. You're making a difference in these kids' lives that want to be broadcasters. 
Thank you. I mean, that's kind of the that's kind of what it is. In the, the day, is that when kids come to Auburn High, they want to do TV production. And it's not even TV production. They want to do sports broadcasting, TV production, website like writing for websites, podcasting. They we have a film team there at at the school. All of that falls under my banner at AHS Mass Media, and I always tell them, "Hey, you come in, you look me dead in the eye, you say this is what I want to do." And then I'm going to spend the next three years getting you to where you want to be. That's, that's it. Don't, don't tell me, don't tell me that we may not have the money for it. I'll find the money. Don't tell me we don't have the time for it. I'll find the time. Don't tell me we don't have the passion for it. We'll find the passion. Uh, that's kind of what I do over at Auburn high school. And that's why I kind of got these kids to buy into what I'm doing. That is just so amazing. Jared, once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day and, and just uh, sharing your story and just your love for sports here on the show. No problem. Anytime. All right. That was Jared Dillard, the play-by-play announcer for the Columbus Lions, also teacher at Auburn High School, teaches mass communication, and he has really made a difference in a lot of high school kids' lives. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook channel. I'm also on Twitter. And uh, hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.